Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our podcast. This is We the Locals. Uh, my name is Josie, and I'm with my co-hosts. My name's Jessica. And I'm Abby. And we have Stu pushing buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Stu. Hi, Stu. <laughs> so thank you for joining us um this evening we want to um, kind of introduce ourselves talk a little bit about what got us here and why we decided um to jump into the world that we are all find ourselves in which is a very interesting world all the time i sometimes pause and think i have a very weird life and things are just very interesting and we wanted to share some of that with you guys and kind of guide you through things that are happening in our community here in South County and in North Broward. And, um, and we want to take you on the journey to becoming more empowered as a local population and involved in the world that we live in around us. So tonight we're going to kind of introduce ourselves, give our background, what brought us to this world and, um, and go from there. So Jessica. Hi. Hi. You want to start us off? Sure, sure. So my name is Jessica Jansen. I live in Boca. I've lived in Boca for about 17 years. I'm a transplant from uh, Michigan, and my husband is actually Stuart, who's running our little soundboard and stuff <laughs> for us. So thank you, honey, for helping us do that. We appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> And so um, I find myself on a very interesting uh, journey, like Josie said. And mine started, um, you know, very simply is that I, my uh, circle of friends and things that I was involved in was really small. Um, I haven't watched the new. I didn't watch the news or anything for like 20 years. I gave it up a long time ago, so I really wasn't active in what was going on in the world. Um, I just kind of was living my life and doing my thing. Um, my circle was kind of pretty small, and um, I was just hearing all of these things about politics and what was going on, and and probably in like 2016. Um, you know, a little bit before the election, it was Trump and Hillary, um, and that was the main focus, right? Everybody was talking about Trump and, and Hillary Clinton, and so um, I refused to vote for Hillary, so I, I did vote for Trump in 2016, and um, I quickly, you know, just kind of went about my way and did my own thing, and then I heard all of these bad things about President Trump. I wasn't following anything, but I just heard all of these bad things. And so in 2019, I was like, okay, we're going to have a Democrat president because all of these bad things were being said about Trump. And so I took that opportunity to really get involved in the Democrat part, um, primary. I'm like, okay, I at least want to be educated enough that if I'm going to um, you know, vote for um, – a president in 2020 that I wanted to be educated a little bit and know what was going on. And if it was going to be a Democrat, I kind of wanted a good one. Um, so I started paying attention and all I heard was just all of this negative stuff about President Trump, like no matter who spoke, you know, they had what, 20 candidates, <laughs> I think. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like hearing, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and all of this stuff and, and nothing really about plans for the country. It was just how terrible and awful Trump was. And I was like, this just doesn't seem right. Well, then, you know, I was hearing that he was a racist and, and I can't remember, um, the uh, speech that he did, um, but he said where it was good people on both sides. Um, I happened to just on the cuff listen to that speech. And then I heard all of this like rumblings about that he said, you know, that he was supporting, you know, these neo-Nazis and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's not what he said. That wasn't that wasn't the speech at all. And then I'm like, something's going on. Something's just not Something smells rotten in Denmark, right? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what is going on? So then I started to pay attention, and I was like, these people are lying. They're lying. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, they're just flat-out lying. I'm like, they've always said for years politicians lie, but I'm like, they're just, they're just going with it. They are literally just like, oh, they think we lie already, or, you know, like, I don't know what was going on, but I was like, this just does not feel right. And then um, COVID happened. And I was like, 
and my background is in you know bookkeeping accounting but i also ran medical offices and so with my medical background and i ran chiropractic offices too so i had this experience and this history of some medical knowledge about how the body works and um, medications and how to live a healthy lifestyle and so when covid happened i'm hearing like oh you got to mask up you got to you know stay home um, you can't go to the gym. You can't do. You can't walk outside. But McDonald's on every corner was open. You know your fast mm -hmm. food restaurants, all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is not health. Like I, I don't understand. There is just a complete mismatch of what's going on based on on my education and and, and or experience, I should say. And I was like, this this is just very strange to me so three months into coded co um into covid i'm actually you know i'm a data girl so it's like i went into the raw data of the cdc and i'm pulling numbers and i'm trying to figure out what's going on and i'm like oh, this has like a 98.6 something right. you know survival <laughs> rate I'm like, I can't be the only one that figures this out. You know, like, there is absolutely no way in the world I'm the smartest person in the room right now. <laughs> like, there, this, this is just not right. I start to question everything I know about health. I'm like, you know, because I'm, I'm always the first to blame myself. You know, I'm like, oh, I must have something wrong. I must not know something. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, and we didn't know what was going on. I'm like, we don't know. It could be very deadly. But as I'm pulling the numbers, I'm like, that something's not adding up, you know. Right. And then here in Palm Beach County, they um, did the whole mandate where you couldn't go anywhere without a mask. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize it at the time. But through my childhood experience of trauma is that I had body trauma. Um, I had done a lot of personal development and trying and trying to heal myself and heal the trauma that I experienced from a child and, and young adult. I was in an abusive relationship um, as well as a young adult. So um, I just had a lot of trauma and working in personal development and doing therapy and healing myself. I was like, I, I became a Reiki master teacher. Um, so I was just really promoted on just the medical, the um, therapeutic aspects of just going through my own personal healing. And um, so everybody's in this mask mandate aspects. I bought this cute mask. It was sparkly. I think it had Baby Yoda on it. It was <laughs> like the cutest like thing. kids would approve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it was the cutest thing ever. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll buy into this for a little bit and find out really what's going on. Um, so at my office, they were like, okay, everybody's got to wear a mask now, this, that, and the other. And so I put on a mask. I almost pass out instantly dropped to the ground I couldn't breathe I was hyperventilating I literally like my my legs collapsed from underneath oh. me mm. and it was the scariest experience that I could even imagine mm. and I'm like oh my gosh so in my experience in healthcare and and you know, helping people through trauma and, and body and um, personal development and through therapy I had heard the term, you know, like body trauma, you know, and I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe that, maybe my body is holding on to remembrance of my trauma. And um, in one of my tra traumatic experiences, um, somebody held their hand over my mouth and I kept having constant visions and dreams of this, mm. you know, remembrance of this traumatic experience. And um, I'm like, what's going on? So I started to do my research um, and try and just kind of figuring things out, called a couple therapists that I had known um, and asked some questions. And they're like, yeah, body trauma is real. You know, you can, you know, something as simple as that can actually your body remembers wow. and will go in like I couldn't control my body mm -hmm. I felt like I was almost like outside of my body looking in mm -hmm. and I'm like so that and it's so I'm like I can't wear a mask like I'm like and then I was like I refuse to wear a mask and then I got very defiant <laughs> because I was like <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna and you can't make me that's it you know like I'm like if you're telling me that I have to put something on my face 
I equated that to slavery. I'm like, I am not okay with this. I, I am healthy. I know that I am a healthy individual. I know my body well. I know, you know, through my experience, the minute that I get sick, you know, how I feel and I could tell like my husband could tell you like I will be like three four days and I'll be like I feel like I'm coming down with something and then like I'll put myself through it and then 24 48 hours later I'm come down with something and then I'm fine um and so I was like I'm like so I'll know if I'm if I become ill and so it was like being told like you're sick when you're not sick Mm -hmm. you know and I'm like this is a virus this is how viruses work and I'm like I'm sorry I was told I had to go to work when I had a cold or (laughs) right (laughs) you know exactly (laughs) I would take some (laughs) take some vitamins and go to work (laughs) (laughs) you know I would you know send my kids to school if they had the sniffles still you know like I I would like how are we so afraid of a virus because like I said I, I had pulled this data and I'm like you know, there's certain age categories and things that are, that this is affecting more. Mm-hmm. And then doing more of the data, I was just like, this is affecting, you know, like people 55, 60 and older that have mm-hmm. core, you know, um, uh, mobility, you know, Comorbidities. like, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. And, and so I'm like, this yeah. just doesn't feel right. And so I just, I got defiant. And I was very thankful in Palm Beach County because they did at least do a medical exemption <laughs> on the four. I, we'll talk know, about that later. I know. <laughs> so, so you know, you have to remember I was an infant in this whole process of, of political aspects <laughs> and how much the government rules our everyday life when it comes into a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was just very, you know, I was naive. Let's just put it that way. We uh, all were probably. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, there's just no way. So I was like, okay, you know, if the most people can wear masks or whatever, like I shouldn't be punished because I couldn't. And so, you know, but I followed the rules. I was basically, I think I was home for a, a good year. Like I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. Um, I went to work and I came home. I remember having a conversation with my boss. He's like, you've got to wear a mask. And I was like, no. And he's like, and I was the HR manager, (laughs) 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 which was, which was great. (laughs) Cause he couldn't call HR on you. Exactly. So I was like, no. And he's like, what do you mean? No. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to. And he goes, I said, and I said, if I quit, I, or I said, if you make me, I'll quit. He goes, you will quit. He's like, you'll you'll yes. quit, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I said this is a this is a hill I will die on. Like you want, I'm like I will stay in my office. You know, I had my own private office. I'm like I will stay in my office. Anybody who needs to talk to me can call me on the phone. I I got a refrigerator and a coffee maker for my office. I was like, look, if everybody else is scared and this is a problem, <laughs> you know, we I mean we had an office about fifth, you know, forty people, mm-hmm. and and so it it wasn't small. Um, but I'm like, I, I won't come out of my office. I'll go to the bathroom if I need to, but at most of the time I'll stay in my office. And, and I said, otherwise I'm not doing it. And he's like, okay, I guess we can compromise on that, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, you know, and of course the story becomes, you know, like, well, why can't you wear a mask? And then that irritated me because I'm like, it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely nobody's business why I can't wear a mask and being, you know, almost forced to tell people that I was brutally raped as a teenager um, and traumatized was like almost like ripping a Band-Aid off Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And I'm like, this is so toxic and unhealthy. And just your average person that's walking by you saying, you should have a mask on. Like, I wanted to punch them in the face <laughs> and go, you have no idea right. what mm-hmm. you're talking about or or what mm-hmm. this is. Right. You know, and I wasn't thinking that I knew something more or better than anyone else. I just wanted to be respected for the fact that I couldn't. And I was willing to respect other people as well. And I would call businesses, like if I had to do business somewhere, you're like, hey, this is a situation and I can't wear a mask. Is there a problem if I, you know, mm-hmm. if I come to your business? And most 
95% of the people that I would call or that I would have, oh, no, no, no problem, no problem. There's a medical exemption in the order, so you're fine. Um, we'll just separate you from other people or, or whatever. And, and so that part, it's like most of the business owners and stuff, you could tell they were just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And they, they didn't, you know, like, they kind of, you could tell, like, they kind of felt the same way that I did, but nobody was okay with, like, saying it out mm -hmm. loud. Everyone was it, so afraid. It was like the dirty little secret. Right. I'll speak to that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't wait yeah. to get to that one. <laughs> you know, it was like the dirty little secret. And so, um, so leading up through COVID, I, I was just like, this is just crazy. And then really paying attention to the primaries and what was going on. And then... In 2020, when the election happened in November, I lost it. I'm like, this is it. This is this is enough. Like, this is gone. Like, the world has gone bat crap crazy. <laughs> like, I'm like, I live in an alternate universe at this point mm -hmm. because I was like, you, there is no way. You know, what's the Carrie Lake song? 81 million votes, my butt, you know, type <laughs> of thing. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, this this isn't this isn't OK. And so I was at home yelling at my TV like everybody else, mm -hmm. um, you know, like what is going on? And um, I decided I'm like, there's got to be something I can do. I I found a couple podcasts that I was getting good information from that I could verify that I could resource and um you know because i'm all about the data i'm like i i will take you at face value but i'm gonna check the receipts <laughs> and find out really what's going on smart <laughs> and I, you know because i'm like i was unbacked you know like i was unbacked before it was cool you know i did the the hard research when my kids were little about vaccinations and things of that nature so i i knew that there was this government aspects when it comes to health and things of that nature that I just never bought into. Um, you know, I do have three daughters. My oldest is 28. And I have a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old. Um, so, like, I've done my research and things regarding my children and health for a long time. And so, um, once I found some good resources that I could kind of tap into and get some good information, I found out about the precinct strategy. And that really was like I'm like oh I could go to a meeting once a month and just kind of volunteer and try to help candidates get elected <laughs> with the with the same views as me I'm like hmm I'm talking to my husband and he's like you want to do what and I was like I think we should get involved and I'm like I want to be part of the Republican Party and I want to get involved and I want to make sure that the people that were in Palm Beach County that were leading Palm Beach County never got elected again. Like that was my thing. I was like this, no, like this is not okay. I didn't get actively involved um, in like board of commission meetings and things of that nature because I didn't even know I could. I had no idea I could go talk to my government <laughs> for three <laughs> minutes. I had no idea. If you would have told me two years ago, you could actually call your state representative and have a conversation, I would have been like, no, I can't. <laughs> like, who does that? Will people do that? And so getting involved in the precinct strategy um, and joining the Republican Party as a precinct committee woman in June of 21 um, really is what um, kind of brought me to that cusp of getting off yelling and screaming at the TV and getting involved in actually doing something. And so um, I've taken that and I've kind of ran with it. And so, you know, and I met. We'll get into more uh, of that in yeah, the next episode it, of where yeah. we are from now to then. Exactly. Then to now. Exactly. So I met amazing people, especially like you, Josie and Abby and Marcy and Michael. And um, we've just created a great family. So um, I think this is going to be really exciting, and I can't wait to bring more local information that I've learned to people that were like me, head in the sand, not really knowing what's going on, and just taking that information and bringing it back to the hands of the people so we can be empowered and make sure that um, our voices are heard. And this is the best way that I think that we can do that, and I'm so grateful and thankful that I get to do it with, you know, not only my husband, but two amazing um, ladies that have become my bestest friends i just appreciate you guys and thank you for giving me a voice and helping me get uh helping us get that information out there awesome thank you <laughs> <laughs> i love it you're welcome <laughs> 
good. All right, Abby, <laughs> how'd you get? Tell us your story. How did you get here? All right, so I am Abby Stafford. I am a born and raised Broward County resident. Ooh, Ooh that's a. <laughs> Is that Actually, a badge of honor born, or a badge of I, shame? I was born Where are we at Holy with Cross that? Cross Hospital <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale. I did spend the first six years of my life in Boca. Oh, And okay. then, then my parents we'll built, allow a, it then. built a house in Parkland, <laughs> and, and, and I grew up out in Parkland. Um, it's ironic, at the time of this recording, I am about, what, about five days out from leaving for a trip for 10 days to Israel. Ooh, jealous. Because mm. I was supposed to go on this trip on March 14th, 2020. Hmm. So back up to that time, um, I have an accounting background. I'm a CPA. I left public accounting a long time ago, almost 13 years ago. And I work in the family business, which is a commercial tire dealer. So we do a lot of business to business. We do a lot of business with all the local municipalities here in the Tri-County area, uh, including the county governments and school boards and the local cities. Um, I also do financial coaching on the side. Uh, I help individuals and couples um, put together a game plan to pay off debt, build savings and wealth. And that's really where my passion has li uh, lain for the last five years. Um, just really a passion to help people like get a, get a handle on their finances. So my life was chugging along with like both of those avenues um, through you know early 2020. Um, I had actually gone out to a conference in Denver and the rumblings of COVID had kind of started around that time, but everybody was kind of, there was like several thousand people at this conference at the Gaylord out in Denver. And everybody's like, oh, just use extra hand sanitizer and you know, <laughs> all <of> that. <laughs> so that was, that was early February, that was Super Bowl weekend. I was out there mm. Super Bowl weekend. And I come back and again, I was getting ready for this trip. And the weekend before, I was supposed to leave on Saturday, March, March 14th, the weekend before, uh, I'm spending time with my family, and I get, I can't remember if it was an email or a phone call um, from my pastor's wife. It was, it, was a, um, it was a church group that was going, uh, saying that Israel was closing its borders to all flights coming in through Europe and ultimately through the United States, and that our trip was being canceled. And I was really angry at the time, because I'm like, this is a virus. Like, they are shutting down the world and they're like canceling my trip you know <laughs> the most important thing um <laughs> for, most importantly for, for a flu virus yes right. uh and then later that week um leading up to march 14th um the ncaa march madness can tournament was canceled and i was like whoa they're canceling sports over this <laughs> betting huge. like all of this like you know they, they they were canceling there was something else going on around the time that they canceled too and i was just like okay like Maybe this is more serious than everybody thought. And um, so, yeah, so working in the family business, working in small business, we between three companies, we have about 100 employees. Um, and we started having to navigate by the end of the month, by the end of March, um, I think Congress had passed the CARES Act, which included uh, caveats for COVID sick leave, uh, COVID family sick leave, like all these different things. And just trying to navigate these uncharted waters as a small business because we did start having employees. Um, we had an employee in our Miami location that went out with COVID uh, before the end of March of 2020. And if you remember back to that time, you had to quarantine for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Getting the test and getting the test results back took like the better part of a week. Mm -hmm. um, there weren't that many test sites to go to. And like the CDC was mandating that these employees had to be out. They had to test. They had to test negative to return to work. I mean, like this, the the you know the two weeks of COVID sick leave didn't really cover all of that in the early stages. So we're learning to navigate that the best we can. Then you know everybody was staying home. It was real weird. Um, it was real weird because I, I'm a single woman. I have a dog. Um, Rustic. I work with my <laughs> you know I work with my dad. Um, but like that first weekend when everything shut down, like I was home by myself with my dog and I was like, this is lonely. Like, yeah. fortunately I, we were considered essential. Like literally Miami-Dade County called us and said, you are essential. You have to stay open. So wow. I went to work every huh. single day. I never, I never worked from home. I mean, coaching, I always work from home, but my, my day job, I never worked from home. And I was so grateful because that was my social interaction, mm -hmm. those d especially those early days. And, you know, they shut the gyms down. I was, I was an avid CrossFitter at the time. I, I still try to keep up now. But 
you know, I fortunately had a few pieces of equipment that I threw out on my carport. I ordered a bunch of stuff like right as things were shutting down. It took five weeks to get there, but I pretty much had an almost complete home gym um, within the first month of COVID. But like, like Jessica said, you know, telling people not to work out, not to exercise, not to get fresh air. And then the mask mandate started. And if you guys think Palm Beach County was crazy, <laughs> <laughs> Broward County like kept it, you know, like took it up a notch. Amped it up. <laughs> you know, we had to, we were required to post signs on, on our doors in three different languages saying that masks were required and that social dist distancing was required in the store. And um, they established uh, like a hotline in Broward County that people could snitch narc on small line. businesses. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they they had people, you know, sn yeah. snitching on small business owners that were just trying to make ends meet. <laughs> and you know, I, our our company, like I'm so grateful. You know, people need tires. <laughs> <laughs> businesses need tires, and the state did a really good job of like keeping those construction projects running because they're like oh there's less people on the roads now let's let's get some of these road projects done and all of that but um so even from early on in covid what i was hearing on the local news what i was hearing on the national news what was being shown on the sun sentinel page all of that even on fox news like it just didn't make sense mm -hmm. like i was like I, I remember watching tv and i don't i don't watch a lot of tv but like i noticed all the commercials were so coordinated. Mm -hmm. Stay home, save lives. We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Like all of these like messages. And I was like, this, something's off. Something mm -hmm. seems really coordinated and orchestrated. Like I need to find, I need to find an alternate source of information. <laughs> <laughs> so where did I go? Twitter. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I had created a Twitter account in 2009 and had mainly sat dormant for like over a decade. And I got back on Twitter in 2020, and I don't. I just started kind of hunting around, following different people. I, I don't even remember who I followed in those early days, but I, by summertime, I was starting to follow some people that were like Jessica, digging into the data, digging into the the Florida Health dashboard, the CDC dashboard. You know, comparing. I, I remember monitoring the state of Florida health website where like they were showing the like outbreak map of the state and like the different counties and I was like watching the numbers in each county grow and like as you know more and more counties experience cases and all that but by summer you know they, they were tracking the deaths and you know by late summer Florida had really you know experienced the spike you know it's hot people stay indoors in South Florida in the summertime the whole state it's it's kind of like the inverse <laughs> of the north in the exactly. wintertime. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, everybody's dying in Florida. And um, by that time, I'm like, I, I, they, they were tracking it. Like, they were, they were reporting it wrong. Like, the, the, the news outlets were reporting it wrong. Like, there's a lag time. They were, they were amping up the deaths. And, yes, people died. Yes, COVID is a real thing. And we're probably going to get a medical disclaimer slapped on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't even think of that. You know, <laughs> you think about it, and obviously our 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 focus is local. Um, but so many election laws were changed across the country mm -hmm. in 2020, and allowed for ease of voting. But it, it's also a an ease of allowing to fudge the numbers. Yeah, and it, and I'm not even talking about machines and software and all that stuff. It's just good old fashioned, you know voter manipulation mm. Mm. but it's funny you talked about like calling your state representative and you know reaching out to your local politicians and when they not so much i did email my my county commissioner about reopening the gyms in, in like late may or right before they did i'm like these guys are small businesses you need to get these gyms reopened people need to be healthy and exercise and ultimately they did but then in july when the cases were spiking Broward County established oh. a mask mandate while you were working That's out in the gym. Right. And I'm like, right. okay, first of all, I can't that. breathe when I'm working out to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, like for those of us that work out at CrossFit gyms, it's basically a glorified garage with big bay doors where there's a pretty good cross breeze in most of them because all right. the doors are open. And so I pause my gym membership. I'm like, I refuse. I refuse to work out in a mask. This is asinine. Um, I sent a nasty gram to my county commissioner and he threw Fauci's name back in my face. <laughs> and I was like, this is Ooh. a lost cause. 
Um, I emailed my state representative, who happens to live in my town, and I think I refer to him as a congressman. (laughs) 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 But he was very receptive. He's like the lone state Republican representative from Broward County. So, like, poor guy. He (laughs) he appreciated my email, and he said that the state was trying to take steps to, you know, control, uh, lessen the control the counties had over some of these things because they were overstepping their bounds. Again, you know, hurtling towards the election in November 2020, and then you know the election happened, and the weeks that ensued, and and I just remember uh, a group of us that found each other on Twitter. Um, John Taylor was uh, the main the main ringleader. He he developed a da- data dashboard through FAU um, that did a really good job of tracking the numbers a little more factually than some others. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll, we'll address that at a little later time, probably. <laughs> I'm sure. The craziness <laughs> lives on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, he, he, he DM'd me and he said, hey, would you be up for meeting with a couple, you know, a few of us um, in person in, you know, to commiserate, you know, the year that has been and the election and just everything going on. I was like, absolutely. I would love to meet you guys in real life and, you know, s- just kind of I don't drink beer, but have a beer with you. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so in December of 2020, there was a group of eight of us that met at a local brewery. And for some, I think it was like the first time to Mm. socialize like that since COVID, nine months, 10 months. And it was just so refreshing because just like-minded people that hadn't really paid a lot of attention, especially at the local level before, Mm -hmm. getting together, realizing how important it is and how good it is to socialize and to you know meet with like-minded people and um at the end of the meeting at the end of the night it wasn't really a meeting that first one it was just kicking back and and um talking crap basically we were all like let's do it again next month so we did and we've done it every month since we will hear more on that yes we will in the next episode because that (laughs) is an exciting place to stop because i think we'll get to more on that right yep all right okay so (laughs) (laughs) thank you abby (laughs) um all right so i'll give a little background on yeah oh it's in my face (laughs) don't want to block my face (laughs) there's that better okay all right thank you Stu. keeping us on point here all right oh yeah okay um all right so my name is Josie Makovic. I um, live in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, I've lived in the greater Boca Raton area, so Delray, West Boca, Boca, pretty much since I was five, with a brief stint, about five years elsewhere, which we can talk about another time. Um, but for the most part, I was raised here in South Florida, here in um, Boca Raton. Um, I was always politically involved um, in to some level. My parents... Um, we're very politically involved. My dad was part of the Republican executive committee. Um, when I was younger, um, he would drag my mom to meetings. She would go and take a nap and (laughs) he would have the meeting and they called it their date night. And, um, so, and then he left at, you know, kind of life and so on. And I, at growing up, I saw, um, George W. Bush. I saw Elizabeth Dole. I saw Bob Dole. Um, I can't remember who else. My mom, anytime there was a rally or a place to go, we would shoot, take us. Um, my parents have worked for the supervisor of elections for years. And so I was always raised very politically aware. Um, always had, I, you know, I registered to vote. I couldn't wait to register to vote. And I was just always so excited and, and felt like I, I kind of knew a lot. And, um, and, I, and I did to some degree more than an average person, but I didn't know as much as I should have known. Um, and then so fast forward, kind of leading up into 2020, I um, as kind of similar to Jessica. I was always very uh, medically aware as well. Um, lived a bit of an alternative medical lifestyle. Also did a lot of research in vaccinations. I was raised by hippie parents <laughs> from Colorado. <laughs> so that kind of spilled over into my They're life. They're the best. They are the best. We love you guys. <laughs> and um, they uh, kind of imparted a lot of, of just questioning, always questioning. My mom always asked a million questions about everything. And she would always like say like kind of disparagingly about herself a little bit. Like, oh, I, you know, I always have lots of questions. But I was like, no, oh, I kind of just learned. You just ask questions. Always ask questions. And, um, and so that's kind of what I've always done. And so it led to me having my children, I have three children. Um, they were all born at home and, um, I was just raising them. I, so I was listening to always a lot of podcasts about, um, about medical freedom, about health, um, kind of got me into this really was, um, uh, religious exemptions. 
So in, in 2015 and 2016, um, a wave of legislation was starting to kind of build up so 2015, 16, 17, kind of in that window of time. Um, starting California, obviously, and um, kind of worked Shocker. its way. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> worked its way around. So California pulled religious exemptions for vaccinations. So in case um, you don't know, um, states require children to have certain childhood vaccinations in order to attend school. Most states up until that time period, except for two, so Mississippi and West Virginia were the only two that did not allow for um, a parent to file some sort of religious and or some states have philosophical exemptions. Um, so suddenly California is pulling religious exemptions. Um, New York started pulling religious exemptions. N California then started pulling medical exemptions. So if a doctor felt, saw that a child was vaccine injured, they, um, they couldn't write an exemption for that child. So they pulled medical exemptions. So this started to kind of build up across the country. And um, New Jersey, so in 2019, New Jersey, shout out to New Jersey, um, th seriously, they uh, had a bill to remove their re religious exemptions, and the day that they went to go vote on it in their capital, there were 4,000 people showed up at that Capitol building. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I have a friend it. that wow. was there. Yeah, I mean, That's I was awesome. watching it. I was watching the whole, I was, we were on a road trip, and I had my tablet out, and I was just watching this whole thing, and it was amazing, and they, 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 they did what we are supposed to do with especially local government in our states, which is to make their voices heard, and they said, no, we're not going to put up with this, and the bill stopped, so New Jersey still has the religious exemptions. Well, lo and behold, that same year, starting in December, or in 2019, in Florida, um, we had a senator down in Broward who wrote a bill to remove Florida's religious exemptions. So I was like, oh, oh, no, no. It's coming here. This can't happen. Which senator so was it, by senator the way? Senator Book. Oh, of course it was. Yes, of course. So she wrote um, this bill. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I got to find people. I got to get together. I'm like, what they, look what they did in New Jersey. We have to be able to do that here. So I started reaching out. And I had a couple of like-minded friends. And we started building. And then I met people. And we went. And we um, it was my first time ever like having anything to do with any of my local government in any way whatsoever. I, we went and met with um, our then senators, um, which was Senator Radar, Radon, or something like that. Um, met with his aide and I, I went with a friend of mine and we had our, 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 all of our information and all of our books and all of, we were like, listen. And so we, we did all of this. So we kind of waited with bated breath, um, for that March, it was March 12th. I think the session was supposed to end and that bill never went anywhere. So thank God we really kind of, it got squashed very early on, but it kind of distracted me and made me focus on COVID kind of simultaneously. Cause mm. I was really paying attention to really what was happening in Florida at the Florida legislature. But then ongoing was like this like COVID bubbling up in the background and I had mm -hmm. friends talking to me oh you know they're locking down here and I was like what do you mean they're locking down this is a virus like who locks down like what does that even mean like what is that this is insane and so um and then all of a sudden like locking like the, the word the things started coming out and I from the get-go was like bull this is this is this is not real like this is I, the virus might be real but what they're doing with it is not this is not what you're supposed to do with a virus. Virus is, this is not how bodies work. Virus is like, it's not going to stop a virus. You can't stop a virus by locking people in their homes. Like it's just, it's just not logical. Like where's logic? And again, because my background with my mom is always asking 8 million questions. I was like, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of questions. And nobody's answering any questions. Who do I get to answer my questions? So I was like, okay, fine. I'll wait two weeks. We'll all sit home and we'll see what happens. And then I, and then I'm it's better. This better be, this better be two weeks. <laughs> and so we're sitting at home. At the time, I had three kids, five and under, and we lived in a two-bedroom condo. And so all of a sudden, no school, no gym. We, went, we were very regular attendees of the YMCA. Um, no YMCA. My husband had to work from home. We had a two-bedroom condo. He had to work in a tiny little walk-in closet. We called it his cloffice. And poor my kids are, I know, Nick. poor Nick. <laughs> He's working in this cloffice, and the kids are like, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy's home. Yay. <laughs> It was it was crazy, and I I didn't want to take them anywhere, not because I was afraid of the virus, but because people weren't taking kids places, and and I didn't want people to yell at my kids because I was mm -hmm. bringing them places, mm -hmm. and and so and this is even before masks started to come out, like masks didn't come for like weeks after all this, yeah, yeah. yeah it was crazy. So, but delay. I kind of felt weird about taking them places, and so I just started to get really nervous, and I just bought food, and I went to Costco <laughs> like sixteen <laughs> times, and I just kept buying food because I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. We we were never worried about running out of toilet paper. <laughs> But I do remember the first day that rumbling started happening about COVID, and I um, and I had to go to Costco anyway that day for my grocery shopping, and I pulled in, and I was like, oh, my gosh, is there a hurricane coming? Like, what is happening? It was so weird. The lines, the people. It was like this weird tension. So, anyway, um, 
So I waited the two weeks. We kind of sat home. We rode bikes and played with a neighbor kid and went to the pool and, and did all these things. And so when the two weeks, I waited till the two weeks ended, and I was like, okay, I'm done now. What? Let's go. Let's open <laughs> the playgrounds. And this is March. It's the most beautiful time mm-hmm. of the year. The oh. weather was amazing. And my kids were like, let's go to the playground. No playgrounds. So I said, okay, well, let me contact the city because we lived in the city of Boca. And so I emailed the city council and I say, okay, when are we opening playgrounds? And they said, oh, we aren't responsible for the playgrounds. You have to go to, yep, exactly, pointing this direction. You need to go to the county. And I said, okay, what does that mean? And they said, you need to contact your county commissioners. And I was like, what's a county commissioner? <laughs> and here's where my all my political background stuff just, you know, I don't know what a county commissioner is. Shame on me. So I, and I mean that seriously, I should have known. I, so I looked up, Googled, what's a K- Palm Beach County Commission? And I found the county commissioners. And I was like, oh, okay. So I e- found the email addresses, and I sent an email to all the commissioners. And then I said, when are you opening playgrounds? And so I got an email back from, um, from Bob Weinroth, <laughs> my county commissioner <laughs> at the time. And he said, he said, you, he said um, you know, we are going to be having our first, they had taken a, like a close down for, I guess, six weeks or whatever it was. And they said, we're going to be having our first um, meeting. Why don't you come and you'll have public comment and you can let your voice be heard and we'll, we'll talk about it. And I was like, awesome. This is what local government's supposed to be. I'm going to go up there. We're going to have conversations. We're going to all talk about it and we're going to get this fixed. So I gathered some of my friends who were all coming off this whole, like, um, vaccine thing. Everyone's all, like, hyped up because we want, like, the bill didn't go anywhere. So we're all ready for our next fight. Let's go do this. So we go up to this meeting. We sit in there. The meeting was four hours long Uh before we even got to speak. (laughs) And they sat there for an hour and a half arguing about an article in the Palm Beach Post. And who was working in this time and who wasn't working and this and that and this other thing. Sorry. That. And I was just, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, people are hurting. People's businesses are closed, Ch- children, like, be, ch- abuse is happening, like, all this stuff. And you guys are arguing about who was or was not working during the six weeks? I mean, like, what is happening here? So um, I went and I gave my first ever three minute speech. And I was, which was awesome, by the Thank way. You. I highly suggest <laughs> you guys watching it. If you, it is on my y- Facebook page. Yep, look it up. Um, look it up. It was very uh, impactful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was. Um, I was very nervous, but I was like, I, I sat there and I listened to the way that they spoke about the people, and it mm-hmm. infuriated me. And I heard them think say things like, "Well, we should let the people take their boats out, and we should let the people do this, and we should let the people do that." And in it showed me how much power these tiny little tyrants had <laughs> sitting up on that dais telling me what I am allowed to do as an American citizen. And I, it, oof. I'm trying to. First <laughs> <laughs> my rage. She gets fired up. So I'm getting all fired up and yelling. And start talking with my hands more. So, <clears throat> so of course, nothing was resolved. I think they voted to open the walking paths at the parks. And I was like, that's not helpful at all to anybody. So they opened golf. They opened, op- like, adult sports but nothing for the children so i i was like okay so i went back to the county commission meeting every meeting for the next i don't even know three or four months and um i started to really research and realize what the who these people were how they got elected how involved they were in the everyday our everyday lives and um we'll fa- i'll fast forward to october i gave or like september i gave a speech that um that went viral Thankfully, my name was not attached to it, though, so a lot of people don't know that it was me. I just saw it popping up. They do now. They do now. (laughs) Well, you can find it. (laughs) But I told them that in that speech, I told them that they would never run unopposed again. Mm. Because it means I started researching all of these people sitting up there, and I saw that several of them had been placed there because they ran unopposed. And I said, okay, how is this happening? So, um... So I started looking into, I started, you know, just figuring out ways to get involved. I watched, uh, same as everyone else, what was happening in, in Washington, um, the 2020 election. And, I mean, we started, we were living in such weird times. Mm-hmm. I remember talking mm-hmm. to a friend of mine, and I was like, you know, quite honestly, if the aliens just beamed down on my front yard tomorrow, I'd be like, this might as well happen. <laughs> I mean, the weirdest right? things were going on. And like Abby said, it was watching, we would watch the news at night because we had nothing else to do during those first, especially couple of weeks. And um, we'd watch Fox News and they would talk about America and lockdown and America and <laughs> shutdown and, and these things. And then my husband and I looked at each other and we were just like, what is this? This is the most bizarre 
um, like spell that's been cast over people that to just follow along with this. And, and I was very vocal on social media. I mean, I got, I, uh, to be honest, I have a lot of friends that I'm not really friends with anymore. Mm -hmm. I went from having almost 2000 friends on Facebook (laughs) to having like 1500. I'm pretty sure a lot of people unfriended me (laughs) because I was like, listen, I can't tell you exactly what's going on, but something deeper is going on. What they're trying to sell us is not something we should be buying. And so also like Abby, it's funny that you say that because I also had a Twitter account that I had created years before, not active because I was always very, actually very anti-Twitter. When Twitter first came out, I really hated it. I thought it was the most epitome of a, of a, of a narcissistic society. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to listen to what That's I'm exactly doing what I in thought. 150 characters yeah, at all times of every day? I never got into Twitter. So I think I create, I can't remember why I created Twitter, I, I, but I never used it. So, but I was like, okay, there's that. Facebook is getting crazy. I was getting censored. I was getting tagged. I was getting jailed. I was all there. Maybe, maybe Twitter will be different. So I went to Twitter and you can, I can go back and see where I started tweeting <laughs> in probably like April ish of 2020. And so, and I'll wrap up here with this, this story here um, about the masks. And so I, um, I was posting, I was tweeting. I don't even know how I, this woman got my name. I was tweeting something about masks and uh, I got a DM from someone from a reporter, and she said this was like this had to have been April of 2020, and she said, um, "I'm doing a story on masks. Would you like to? Can I interview uh, you as someone who is anti-mask?" And I was like, "I'm not anti-mask. I just don't want to wear a mask. I don't <laughs> think I had been following and listening to a lot of um, alternative medical." Um, blogs and podcasts and there was a lot of data and information coming out. I mean, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about hydroxychloroquine in February. So like when Trump started talking about hydroxychloroquine in whatever it was, April, I was like, yeah, I already knew that. I mean, I already... (laughs) Thanks for catching up. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) But so I was had all this information. I was like, sure, I'll share all my information with you. Let's do it. So I had this... She wrote this article and I was in it as this this anti-masker and that was the first time that name that started popping up and I was like whatever <laughs> and um, so we go through the county commission and so in June so again I mean it was such a wide time and this is why the masks were such a weird thing because you would think with a virus so deadly that would have been and that was one of the tools in the toolboxes as one of the the people in the commission used to say that that would have been something they did right away but they didn't the vi- everything started in the middle of March of that year and then June 23rd is when the mask mandate came out in Palm Beach County. So all that time, we went to county commission meetings, no masks. We were living our lives, no masks. Everything was normal. And then they started rumbling, and they started talking about masks and masks and masks. And so they finally put it on the agenda. And we were emailing and talking and saying, no, 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 this is insane. And here's the information why. So at that meeting, there were 50 people um, that spoke out. And it was a very long meeting for public comment um, against masks. And they still passed it and all hell broke loose in that room it was it was mayhem so much for listening to the yeah people, so right? much for listening to the people and uh so i joined with about four other people and we had an attorney who was willing to do it pro bono and so we sued palm beach county um, um for that and we did not get very far mostly because we were in palm beach county and we mm-hmm. had a judge who ruled against us even though he went to a party that later that day or that same time period ma- unmasked and uh, yeah, it was wow, it I was didn't know crazy. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. We caught him with at a at a party at a buffet by food, <laughs> <laughs> not wearing a mask. At the same time that he ruled against us, saying that masks are so important, and it was so it was just such a sham. And it was um, so the case eventually got dismissed because DeSantis, um, when he came in and, and made it moot, made it yeah made it moot exactly. But. Um, yeah, so if you want to Google me, <laughs> there are some <laughs> fun articles the, out there the about lawsuit, me. Was that the lawsuit that Anthony Sabatini was involved in? No, that was a different one. Okay. He was involved in one um, in Broward. In Broward, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. we had a different attorney who, uh, yeah, we tried to get Anthony to work with us, but he was already working in Broward, and we had an attorney who was involved in Palm Beach County stuff already. Mm-hmm. So um, he was great. Um, he actually lives in Orlando, I think, now. His name is Louis Leo, and he... Um, he was really good, and there was a couple of other attorneys who jumped in. And, you know, through it all, um, I learned a lot, and I met a lot of really cool people. I hadn't even met you guys yet at this point. This yeah. is still, like, you know, in 2020. And um, But it brought me to a place where I realized that I could never just – I mean, I've always been this way. You cannot just be quiet when you mm-hmm. see something going on that – you have to ask questions about (laughs) and when you don't get questions you have that means I mean sorry when you don't get answers that means you probably should keep asking questions and that I think was the thing that infuriated me the most when I would stand in front of the county commission is I would ask them questions like real questions and they would say thank you for your comment 
And I was like, it wasn't a comment. It was a question. <laughs> and you're not answering me, and I pay you to answer me, and I'm not getting answers. And it, so, yeah, so that kind of brought me all the way here, kind of to the next steps, and to which we can get into more in the next episode about where it all took us all after that. But that's my intro into politics and the local, the local world. And it really did show me how important the local government is, and that's why... I think we've all decided that local is where we want to focus. That's mm-hmm. why the podcast is We the Locals, because, yes, it's important to stay, keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening in Washington and, and, and around the rest of the country. And but it's good drama. It's good drama. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so much drama. So much drama. Exactly. Such good drama. <laughs> but what we can affect, the change that we can affect in the world is the is our own little circles, our hula hoop, as my mom likes to call it. You can only affect what's in your hula hoop. And so... You know, our cities, oh, like our that. counties, yeah. yeah our I cities, like our counties, our state are our hula hoops. And that is why it is important to know what's going on, to be involved, to know what's happening at your city council if you live in a city, to know what's happening at the county commission and, and see what are they doing? How are they how are they spending our money? How are they why are they raising our taxes or lowering our taxes? Did they really lower the taxes or was it something else? And and where is, you know, the almost seven billion dollar budget that we have here in Palm Beach County going? And what do you know what Broward's budget is? I'll have to look at the twenty three twenty four budget. Yeah. I know they were workshopping it today. Yeah. I know we're about to go into budget budgeting yep. too. So yep. it's but it's up there too, I'm oh, sure. It's yeah. probably comparable, if not and higher. Maybe more. Yeah, it's probably higher because I think Broward we has a higher people. population. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we need to know what's happening and that is why I think it we all felt we've we've talked about this for a long time, starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. And um I'm really excited that we're here and that we're finally moving forward with it and so um yeah anything else before we wrap up for tonight um i think i'm good i'm just excited and you know like we've always talked but just to kind of hear your guys' stories kind yeah. of like from the start to you know like what got you to the point where i met you you know <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i i feel like i was left out at that you know the beer part you know in the <laughs> beginning like like you know i feel like i kind of crashed the party afterwards you know so it's like i i felt like i you know missed out on that part so to like hear you guys a little bit you know was um uh very interesting and, and very cool to kind of get to know you guys a little bit better and I think this is going to be really exciting for us and for you know Palm Beach and and Broward County for sure so I'm excited to keep this going and seeing where this leads and I hope that we can get other people here in the area to nerd out as much as we do (laughs) talking about local (laughs) politics because as we've been planning for this podcast over the last couple months and we do our weekly meetings and we just it's like a it's like a gab fest every (laughs) Thursday night where we just we just spill the tea on what's going on <laughs> in our cities and our counties. and Oh, my gosh. All it's of our things. version of therapy. It I is. Think. It is. But it is. I hope so, too, because I'm like, man, people, I mean, I, I sat through a city council meeting the other night, and I was like, I wonder, I, am I weird that I find this fascinating? I mean, some of it's very boring, but no, like. you're not weird because I'm right there All right. You. Th- see, thank you. I'm just hoping. So, yeah, we're hoping. Tell all your friends. Hoping that we can. Were we all, all at city commission meetings this week? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I watched. She watched it. I watched. I watched. The, the twitching. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I've been in the commission meetings. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So I think, yeah, I think that's a good place to stop for this episode. And then we'll get into, um, where we went from there, our, our humble beginnings and, um, up until where we're at now. Yeah. Awesome. So you, this is a little bird's eye view of, of local politics and hope that you enjoyed everything tonight. You can check us out at wethelocalspodcast.com. Uh, check us out. Put us into uh, your contact information. Subscribe to our newsletters. Hopefully we'll be able to get more information out soon. So have a great night, everybody, and be sure to stay local.